Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. Pre-season's done. Nights are closing in, rain is on the way, and the roster is set. It is the NFL season. I'm Gareth Ellis, and joining me to take a look at the roster that includes a few surprises, it's Najee Kwa. Hello. And unsurprisingly, unclaimed off waivers, it's Paul Hope. Feels great, baby. And Lee Gowland. Hi, guys. So, special times ahead. So let's start with special teams. Uh, an area that was targeted for improvement in the off-season. I think Robbie Gold, Mitch Wisnowski and Tabor Pepper were all pretty much set in stone. So who else is going to make an impact? Lee? Well, I think definitely Rear Ray McLeod's going to make an impact. The speed that he's got is unbelievable. Um, and that's something that we've been missing. Not just the speed, but the elusiveness to actually move the ball once we've uh, either had a punt or a kickoff return. I think that's where we've lacked over the last couple of seasons. We've tried several different ways to improve that and it just hasn't quite worked. Um, it kind of made us nervous a little bit last year when you saw Ayuk and um, Samuel both returning um, either punts or kickoff returns. You don't want to see that, not from your starting wide receivers. You want somebody who, <laughs> yeah, it's going to sound terrible, who you don't mind getting injured as much as those two. Um, but yeah, I think Ray McLeod, I think he's going to be a difference maker on special teams. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden, I don't quite remember how long it's been a team punted, uh, you know, uh, for us, giving us the ball or a kickoff and actually really being excited. And like, oh, maybe this one will return it. it. I don't know. I can't remember how long it's been. We've been pretty terrible on kickoff return and punt returns for so long. And at least he's, you know, McLeod is injecting a little bit of hope. And as you say, you don't. Uh, <laughs> You know, punt kickoff is like the most uh, injury occur during the season. That's why they've changed the rule so much over the years. Uh, you don't want Debo or Ayuk or any of the starting people down there. Uh, that's why uh, maybe Sammy Womack can get off there as well. <laughs> Paul? I think um, Burks is a guy that I'm Good excited child. to see on, on, on special Great teams, child. Gareth. Yeah. I think mm. Robbie Gould was interviewed and he said that um, he fits the scheme well. He plays well on defence. He brings speed. And obviously, Ray Ray, like, like the gents have said, it, it's going to be good to have a returner. But I'm looking forward to seeing Burks. And it's always good when you get the Lee Gowland and Najee Karar seal of approval. So thanks for that, gents. <laughs> <laughs> Great shot. It's been it's been awesome uh, this preseason, and and it was a Packers special team. I think we targeted him uh, for that, and then it turned out he's a pretty good linebacker as well. So if you can do both, yeah, yeah, that's that's great stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing the uh, uh, the punt coverage uh, pinning opponents on the uh, you know in the unlikely event that we ever do have to punt in the season ahead. Um, uh, at least we'll uh, we'll flip field position. Um, and uh, personally, that's uh, it's something I always love to see a punt returner get absolutely mashed the moment they catch the ball. Um, that's that's something that gives me certainly more joy, I think, than the uh, uh, mentioned punt returner. So yeah, I think I think special teams are uh, hopefully going to be better. We've clearly invested some time and effort into uh, scouting players uh, and obviously signed some players from the free agency there. Uh, so I was I was pleased to see that. So hopefully we can look forward to to some uh, uh, less uh, stressful moments on the uh, on the special team side of the ball. So let's uh, let's go over to the defence uh, and contractually obliged to go over to Lee for Womack Watch. Okay, thank you. So I'm going to actually start this by asking a question. Go for it. Do any of you actually do a 53 projection? Because obviously you know I do that because I shared it with you. Yes. Um, I, I did one last year. I did one this year. I'm a little bit disappointed this year, but in all honesty, I actually hung myself out dry on two of them because I had two high-profile cuts or trades that didn't come off so it kind of affected my numbers a little bit there um i ended up getting 43 out of 53 uh, sorry no 44 out of 53 whereas last year i think it was 48 out of 53 um but we can talk about that with, with the whole defensive thing so you did a 53 projection naji 
How about yourself, well, Paul? I, I did wonder uh, a count same as when we did the draft. <laughs> so many drafts. I did one and then I kind of deleted it and I forgot what I put in it. But um, All right. <laughs> to be honest, Lee, you, oh, I'm glad you've brought it up. I did a show last Sunday and I don't do one. And the host was like, do you have a 53-man projection? I was like, I don't, but my good friend Lee Gowland does. So I actually read yours out on air last week, mate. And uh, I did notice you'd had, I thought, quite a good return rate, but you sounded disappointed. I forgot you had 48 out of the 53 last year, but it's not something I've done. I might do it next year because I've been a bit more involved with the content creation this time around. And it is a good idea, but I did nick yours last week for full clarity for anyone listening. Right, no problem, Matt. That's what it's there for. Share, share the love. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, so how did you, how did you do this here? I, I I didn't check. Okay, so I I had a couple of high profile um, cuts or trades on defense, uh, and there was a reason behind that, and neither one of them came off. So I'll start with the least of the high profile cuts, and that was Tavares Moore. Um, yep. I didn't think he played as well as what he could have played. He's had his injuries in the past, and I think it's uh, 1.2, 1.3 million we could have saved by cutting him. I thought, you know what, potentially that might happen as a cap casualty as we try and get money for other other positions or a potential trade. The high-profile cut was Samuel Abukum, who we could have saved yep. 7 million on. Yep. Uh, 7 million, sorry, 6 million. 6 million together, it would have been 7 million. Um, and I thought, those two were potentially cap casualties. Obviously, they made the 53. Um, yep. A person that I didn't have making the 53 was Kevin Givens, and he was in, and he's yep. basically replaced the other guy I had on the defensive line who I thought had done more than enough on the preseason games to get a place, and that's Kamoko Ture. Um, I, I was very surprised that he wasn't part of the 53. The only other surprise came in the form of a linebacker, and that was Curtis Robinson. Um, I thought it was very strange for us to keep six linebackers. It's a long, long time since we've done that. Mm. Um, generally, we only keep four, and then we pick up some to go on the uh, practice squad later. So to keep six, I was quite surprised, although I did have five in there. Um, so overall, I, I think I pretty much nailed the defence, other than the two the two high-profile cuts trades that, like I said, I hung myself out to dry on that because I had this whole business thing ticking through my mind. How can we extend Debo during the season? What happens if we need to bring somebody else in because of the O-line? Because I was worried about the O-line and bad yeah. looks of it. So, so was John Lynch and uh, Kyle Shanahan. And I thought we need to generate that money. Obviously, there's something that we'll talk about later that's obviously generated quite a bit of money for us. Um, yeah. I thought it might have generated more, but... Again, we'll leave that until the end. So overall, overall, I mean, I, I am over the moon with the defence. Obviously, Samuel Womack, that was a no-brainer. After the first game, we all knew he was going to be on the 53. And, and to, what's even better is he's sticking with number 26. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Did, I did notice that. It, it would have broke my heart <laughs> after waiting for three and a half months to get his jersey for him to change that number. So I'm over the moon. I, I think... I think the cornerback, it's its one of the best cornerback rooms that we've had in quite a while. Um, yeah. The safeties, I, I am reasonably happy with the safeties. Linebackers, I think we are absolutely stacked. I, I think this is going to be one of the best linebacking cores in, in the league. And defensive line, I mean, what can you say about our defensive line? I cannot wait to yeah. see them picking on quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I agree. I was never really on that Ebukam train you were on for, uh, and although I completely understand where you come from, um, I just thought um, if we could find the money somewhere else, it was worth spending seven million on a pass rusher, especially if, uh, from the noise we've heard, he's been ramping up and he's been pretty good. And the 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 small sample we saw him. You know, during the first preseason game, I think it was, it was pretty good. Let's not forget, we get us, you know, we don't get, <laughs> unfortunately, down to practice every day like some of the other reporters. Um, so we don't really see people shining, you know, f five days a week. We we see them playing a few snaps. Um, we, we'll talk about that when we talk running back later on. I think that's a big, it's a big why we. Uh, some surprise might have happened. But yeah, I'm happy with the defense too. I think Womack was a no-brainer. 
the fact that we cut uh, Duckies Denar first week, and then the, the guy basically generated four turnovers in three game, uh, is, is pretty insane. I agree with the corners. I'm really happy. Obviously, I want to see uh, Travarius Ward's injury. Hopefully, it's not too bad, uh, and I want to see him actually play against you know ones. Uh, to see what he's got. Uh, safeties, well, you know, I'm very happy with one of them. Not mm-hmm. so happy with the other. Um, <laughs> and he's not playing anyway. So we, that might be our our worst unit right now. Um, and then linebackers is solid. But uh, yeah, our D-line it, it might be the best D-line in the league. I think maybe the Saints might have something to say about that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be so much fun to see Ken Law and Bossa and Armstead and Givens and Ridgeway and Omenihu and Willis and oh yeah, it's going to be amazing. The all lines are not going to see where, where where it comes from, and then with Sammy Womack blitzing off the edge as well, that's going to be it's going to be pretty pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I'm happy with the 50, you know, with the defense. Uh, no big surprise, although I thought McCrary Ball might have had a a chance to maybe you know get in instead of Flanagan Falls, but I think Gareth, you were right when we talked about it last podcast. I think experience kind of gain on it, on him, and we we signed him to the practice squad anyway, so we we still have him because uh, I thought he was pretty good. What do you think, Paul? I think on the, the the linebackers, I think you're right, Nadji. I think it was one of the more straightforward positions on the team, wasn't it? Yeah. We've got three clear cut starters with two special teamers, um, and like you said. I was like Lee, I kind of wanted Toure to be in the final yeah. 53, but the fact we've brought him back to the practice squad yeah. and with the rules, which I know we might touch upon later, means we can activate him on game day. Like you said, I'm going to add in uh, Drake Jackson. You listed all those names there, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you've got Drake Jackson. I haven't, I haven't seen enough yet. I haven't seen enough. I want to see him in a game or two before I, I make judgment. It's easy against threes and fours. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, true. And, and, and Trevarius Ward, Touching on Lisa, and I did chuckle when people were announcing squad numbers, and I thought, oh God, Lee's going to go mad if Warmack changes, as would Gary <laughs> Thorpe, as would Let's Talk Sports, who was running a giveaway. But um, I like that Javarius <laughs> Ward has changed to number seven. I like that arrogance in him. It, it's quite obviously, it, it's a bold number. And I was a bit like, wow, you don't often see a cornerback. I think Peterson wore it in college. I, I, I might be wrong. That's some stuff I've heard. Yeah. But overall, same as you and Lee, I think our defence is, is going to be awesome. It's going to be great to see. Slightly worried on the safeties, purely because we've only got three at the moment because Jimmy Ward's obviously on IR. But like you said, overall, there wasn't any big surprises for me. What, what about you, Gareth, on defence? Anything stands out that we've missed? No, nothing, nothing at all. Uh, safety, again, is the only position where I think there may be a question mark. Uh, we'll see how Ward and and Mosley, of course, who've both been injured over the preseason. Let's see how uh, how how they take. Um, I'm not sure I'd be totally comfortable with with uh, Thomas and Diomedor Lenore uh, on the perimeter uh, for for more than uh, you know uh, spot cover during games. Um, but let let's see. Uh, hopefully, I think all of their um, uh, recovery is is on track. So let's hope that they're there for for week one and they uh, they can stay fit throughout the season. But yes, I think the defense as a whole just looks utterly terrifying. Um, certainly at the at the first two levels of the D line uh, and the linebackers. Um, and and I'm I think that's that's just such a great situation for us to be in as we talk about the offense with some of the. Uh, uh, uncertainty at the quarterback position about what we're going to see from Trey Lance. The fact that you've just got a defense, you'll be able to pin your hat on and rely on them to constantly keep you in games, I think is going to set the offense up well. I don't know so, if you saw the, before you move on to offense, I don't know if you saw the interview that John Lynch and Adam Peters gave to the media. And John Lynch was saying, saying that basically the D-line coaches were asking for more and more, that they've had 20 players on the roster if they could. And he said it's a philosophy that the team have and it's something that it, it, it bodes well, doesn't it? Look, look we're all sat here now saying defence is going to be amazing for us. So anyone who hasn't checked that interview out, go on the 49ers website, Gareth. It's only a 25-minute interview, and it was well worth a watch. I, I got something out of it anyway. Nice. Nice. 
So let's swip, uh, switch switch over to the offensive side. Uh, some potential surprises at running back, which we knew was going to be a hotly contested uh, position. Um, Mitchell, Wilson, uh, Tyrion Davis-Price and Jordan Mason made it with uh, Hasty waved and Sermon waved a day after the initial cuts. Uh, shocking, Nagy. Uh, you were quite high on Sermon coming out of college. Yeah, I was uh, shocking. No, disappointed. Yes, uh, I was. I was really hoping it would be, you, you know, better than than what he turned out to be. Um, but who's to say? He, he got signed by the Eagles. Maybe that system fits him better, and he'll be a superstar. Then uh, I'll definitely keep my eye on him um, because he was electric in in college, and uh, I enjoyed watching him. But uh, not so surprised, although he did originally made the 53 so i'm thinking it was really at the bottom of the pecking order um i mean it was really a toss-up between two so but it, to me it was more interesting is that we decided to go with five uh, running back which obviously has changed now that we've signed a uh uh blake hunt the, the the right guard um yeah i was surprised by that and obviously quite surprised by hasty getting moved uh, and I think if I think it's a business decision more than more than anything, uh, it wasn't on his rookie contract anymore. He was on a veteran, which which means a veteran minimum would have been higher than Sermon's contract. And you know, with you know the Jimmy News that wasn't dropped yet, there was still money to be had. Um, and ultimately, I think if we look at the whole, Jordan Mason looked terrific. He had so many flashes of oh this is interesting and and tdp showed a really good few runs as well some stiff arms some really really strong runs finishing strong and i think the ceiling of these two players might have been higher than sermon and hasty and why not you know take a chance on it uh, but apart from that I, i'm happy where we are i think there's potential and you know if if we're good at one thing uh, in this team is making undrafted running back free agent uh, shine. So, uh, you know, let's get another one on the team and see what he can do uh, in Jordan Mason. Uh, what do you think, Paul? I'm guessing you're happy about Mr. Mason being with us. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, Gareth, I felt for Nadji with Trey Sermon because this time last year, Nadji, you were high on Trey Sermon. Yeah, I took your advice. I went and watched the tape. I watched YouTube and I was like, man, he's going to be electric. And I, and I said yeah. on... Let's talk sports on Thursday, and I just said, "You're my go-to for running back expertise." <laughs> and I was, I was, I was kind of pleased to see Sermon make the 53, and yeah. then the next day was cut. But the Jordan Mason, I, I was high on him. I, I said that in the last show I did with you guys. I wanted him on the roster. I was watching the SF Niners show with Brad Graham when the roster cuts were coming in, and the whole chat was wanting Jordan Mason. And when he got announced, Najee, it was like, like you said, he looks legit. It was yeah. too risky to let him go to the waivers. Yeah. It was going to get snapped up. Um, I thought Lee would have been quite happy that Jeff Wilson made it on there. I was, I was quite happy because I know Lee was high on Hasty and Wilson. But you're right, Nadji. It shows intent, doesn't it? They originally kept six running backs. It shows we're going to run the ball. Um, and yeah, I was happy. What, what about you, Lee? What were your thoughts on the running back? So I was happy that um, Trey Sermon was eventually good. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't happy that he was on the 53 because that was a guy that I didn't have projected to be on there. Um, I had Jermichael Hasty down instead, yeah. who was obviously being cut. I, I think Jermichael Hasty is going to have a decent career at the Jags. I can understand yeah. why they cut them. I can understand uh, Nadji's point of view. He's no longer on a, a rookie contract. He, he is getting paid uh, the dollars now. And he is kind of made of glass. He has had his injury yeah. problems. Um, potentially that might be the way that we've used them so I was sat to see him go but I did save a couple of podcasts ago now that I had a feeling that he wouldn't make the team yeah, yeah you did um, to be fair I, I was quite surprised that they kept five although I did predict five um, but I didn't think Trey Sermon would have been uh, on that five um, but like I said I mean the day after when he was cut I was quite happy about that if I'm honest <laughs> I, I, I just don't I can't see how he's made any difference to the team whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, outside of the running backs, there's only really two areas 
well, two areas apart from one, one rather large area, um, <laughs> two areas where I kind of missed. And I don't know why I've done this, but I had two full backs. I had to keep yeah. in, um, Tyler Croft as well because I thought Tyler Croft had an excellent preseason. Um, and well, we haven't. So. Yeah, 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 you, we, you talk, yeah. We've got talking about Josh. Okay. No, 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 he's on the roster. Tyler Croft. Yeah. No, Josh Hockett on... went, didn't he? Tyler Croft yeah, yeah, yeah. is in the practice squad, I think, isn't he? I was going to yeah, say he's, he's in the uh... practice squad. He's, he's not in the fifty-three. No, He's definitely on a 53, Tyler Croft. He's, he's second, on the ESPN, he's second string to Josh Kittle, so. Um. He was uh, he was signed along with Jordan Willis when we put the two players who made the 53 onto the IR. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that was what, I think initially, I think Lee's right, but I think Nadji's right as well. I think when the two lads got moved to IR, I think Croft, because originally, ah, they, right. they only kept three originally, okay. actually, they kept Kittle, yeah. Warner, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Dwelly. Yeah. Right, so there was an asterisk next to Tyler Croft, which said, I are pending, and then, like Gareth said, when the two lads were moved over, he definitely came back in. Right, so that's where I'm getting confused, because I've just got the uh, the cut-down day 53 in front of us, um, yeah. and then that's all, and I was concentrating on the cut-down 53. Um, so I didn't know that, actually, so you just brought that yeah, news no, to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy so about that. He's probably fourth string uh, and probably back up to, to Juice as well, yeah, I would imagine. Um, so, so that moves us up to 45. I'm getting happier. <laughs> <laughs> the the other spot, which was, again, it was a stab in the dark. I put down um, Alfredo Gutierrez. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is that they talked him up all pre-season and yeah. then that final game, he got player of the game, man of the match, uh, most yeah. valuable player, whatever you want to call it. And um, I thought, you know what? I bet this guy has a really good chance of making the roster. But so, as it turned out, they cut him, and it kind of now feels like it was a well. Thank you for playing the game. He, <laughs> well, he's, he's a, a small squad. He, he is. is. He is. Squad. But um, I think Gareth, you were you touched on it the other day. I don't think we're actually able to sign him because he's on the uh, pathway program, and he has to. Uh, I don't think he's allowed to be on the fifty-three man roster just yet because he hasn't. Uh, been in a league long enough, or he hasn't. Oh, he's been in the league two seasons. Has he? I, th- I think he was with uh, the uh, Cowboys because he was on Hard Knocks. Oh, right. Oh, so that's him that was with Hard Knocks. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. I, I thought, oh, yeah, okay. But I think there is special rules for these players, so I'm not sure whether we were allowed to have him um, on the 53. But he's on a practice squad. Uh, well, whilst we're talking O line, uh, a bit surprised at Jason Paul getting cut. Gareth, uh, potentially a little, a little bit. He he'd done well, but I think he was potentially the odd man out based on uh, the uncertainty. They've they've clearly gone with the experience because it looks like we're going to rely on on at least Spencer Burford as a genuine rookie, and and Aaron Banks who who may as well be a rookie. Maybe that was just that thought of can we really rely on on three guys, and and that adds to to Jake Brendel, who I think is what three starts in however many years he's actually been playing. Uh, and I, I guess it was just a decision of we're not going to cut someone with some experience uh, for another guy with some uncertainty about how he's going to perform against the top D-lines uh, in the league. But great to see that he is on the practice squad. I do think that there's some some potential there. Uh, and yeah, O-line is, is, I think, without a doubt, our uh, position group of most concern. And I think perhaps that was just another. He was a, he was one rookie too many, um, and, and perhaps there was that certainty that he's unlikely to get claimed. We we can hide him away on the practice squad again uh, and continue to develop what's looked like a, a promising um, undrafted player. I, I think um, I think John Lynch was talking about him, Gareth, and he, he had to stop himself because he said this lad could be used in different positions. I wonder and Nadji might disagree with me. I wonder how much Zakiel being a draft pick played into him going ahead of Paul because Paul was undrafted. So I think yeah. because I've got the two of them, I don't think there was any danger, Gareth, of losing either of them. So I think, like you said, I think they've decided to. So uh, Nick Zugel, Nick Zugel, the the noise coming out of camp is that he's he's an extraordinary athlete. Um, I'm trying to think of the uh, the rating scheme. The, I think it's called RAS, Relative Athletic Skill Set, or something along those lines. Oh, yeah. Score, like that. that's right. Yeah. Showing uh, a lot and more versatility, I think, Lee. He's, he's ranked right. with the 25th highest score since 1987. Ooh. 
That's uh, yeah, that's high. <laughs> yeah, wow. And I think the like what they see is very raw. Yeah, but he's, he's got he's... all the tools to be an excellent yeah. player. And I think it was a case of they didn't want to risk cutting him because somebody would have snapped him up. Yeah, he could become the centre for the future. Lee, I've seen be. some things around yeah. training camp where obviously there was a lot of hype about Donovan West, and I think you're right. So. Uh, Nadji probably knows more than me. Sometimes the practice school squad rules confuse me, but it's good that you've got the 53 man and then you've got the practice squad and it, it plays into other teams' thoughts of should we stash him there, shall we take him? So I was glad we kept Jason Paul, Gareth. I quite liked him during camp. I thought he did quite well. I think Trent Williams was banging the drum for him quite highly, so it's good to see him around the squad. Mm. Yep, agreed. Uh- Related to the other, and so we've uh, we've got four tight ends, which again has been uh, one more than we've usually won with. Do you think this is a an indication that we're going to see a lot more two tight end sets, possibly to to help out Trey Lance and and maybe bolster up uh, some of the weaknesses in the O line? Yeah, that's totally possible. Uh, I just think it's people. It's really hard to cut. Uh, you know, the athleticism, the the size of these guys. They're so versatile. You can put them on special team and then obviously you're not going to call cut George Kill. I think Ross Dwelly is slowly becoming as legendary as, as Dante Johnson, except that he's staying on the team. He's, you know, every time he's called upon, he kind of delivers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a really, really strong off season again. Um, Charlie Warner is clearly a very good blocker and Tyler Croft is, as I said, I think can potentially uh, sub for for juice as well. So you know, uh, having versatile people on your team in, in offense is not something you you're gonna shy away from. And and because we went with five wide receiver rather than six, uh, why not why not get an extra tight end? Um, I'm I'm quite happy. I like the names. I think uh, again, it's just you know Kyle being able to disguise what we're doing and how we're doing it. And and yeah, and, and make. Trey's life a lot, a lot easier. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see a George Kittle revival season. I think. Mm. Well, revival is a strong word. I, I think he's a better season than last year. I'm going to say. Uh, and finally, uh, it's wide receivers going with five uh, this year, yeah. with Danny Gray and Rayway McLeod joining Debo Ayuk and Jennings. Uh, unfortunately, Malik Turner didn't make it. Uh, I know. So, uh, was he on your 53, uh, Lee? Because he, he probably would have been on no. my. No, it wasn't on mine. So I actually kept five wide receivers, and it was the five that made the 53. All right. Nice. That's um, smug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Practical. Uh, yeah, I I thought he might have a, have a shot. I think his last preseason game was very, very good. But again, as I said earlier, we're not there every day on the practice field, seeing what they do day in, day out in the gym and how they are what kind of people they are, what kind of teammate. That that plays a big role as well into, you know, what whether you get taken, cut or not. So um fortunately we managed to stack him up, see if uh, if he can become, you know, some something else of him big. I uh, I think John Jenny is gonna have to have a a bigger, you know, impact than what he had so far this season. Otherwise uh, our new boy Danny Gray, super speedster is a uh, very fast going to become number three, I think. Um, I, don't know, I think Paul is excited about that. I love him. I think he's great. You've gone all all electronic there, Naji. Oh, got, I have. Sorry. I'm terribly sorry. He's got that excited about Danny Gray's speed, Jen. He's lost his voice. He's, he's lost his voice, yeah. Um, to be honest, Gareth, I knew Lee five because I pinched his 53, so he was feeling quite smug and, and jumping in what Naji said. I think... A rookie quarterback sometimes leans on his tight ends, and it was no surprise to see us keep that. But I think you're right. I think Jennings is being kept around Nadji because he was so good on the third down conversion last year. I think he struggled in training camp, but it's no surprise to see us only keep five. And Danny Gray, he's my boy. He was the one you lads assigned me to at the start of the season. I went away and had a look at his stuff. He's changed to number six, another squad number change. I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about seeing a receiver wear number six. But, uh, yeah, I think it's the best group we've had, Gareth, under mm-hmm. Shanahan for me personally. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a versatile group and I think each each one of them offers something uh, a little bit different. Uh, and I, I think Shanahan's clearly going to be pleased 
with the with the five guys that he's got and will hopefully be able to match them up in the right places uh, to, so that all of them can su- succeed. I hope all, all of them get to uh, to get a, a few targets a, a game and it keeps them keeps them all on their toes and it keeps that collective level up that they know if, if one guy starts dropping behind, he's just not going to be getting his name called uh, because the other guys are, are going to be playing at that higher level. So, yeah, fantastic. Um, I guess finally, it's kind of barely worth mentioning, really, but we do have a new signing at backup quarterback, a guy called Jimmy Garoppolo. Hard to say name. Very hard to say. Spelled P-U-R-D-Y. That's our backup career. (laughs) He's an experienced quarterback and he has played in Shanahan's offences before and on the team-friendly deal. So, so Paul, what do you make of our new QB2? I said it yesterday on Let's Talk Sports, Gareth. If it was Nate Sudfield or Brock Purdy, we, we wouldn't spend a lot of time. But because it's Jimmy G, it's number 10. Neil Watson's over the moon. It's a team-friendly deal. It saved us some cap space. Um, I was quite happy with Jimmy's comments to the media. I think it was yesterday. Trey came out. Hopefully, he adapts well to the backup role, Gareth. I am nervous of the distraction it might bring to Trey because, let's face it, he's going to have his ups and downs. Every time's a down moment. We know the questions that are going to get asked. But I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo was on Lee's 53 projected roster. I don't think any of us saw a restructured contract. I think there's a lot of people at the moment, Gareth, non-49ers fans are using this as a stick to beat us with because we spent all off-season saying this is Trey's team. Jimmy wasn't going to be on the roster. I don't think anything changes. I think Kyle Shanahan has said he's the best backup in the league. We've got him at a team-friendly deal. And... I still think it's Trey's team. And on that note, I'm going to hand over to Nadji for his thoughts. Well, I have two. Um, the first one is I, I, I just love how our franchise treats people in general. I think, and I think it stems from this ultimately. We, we're so used in this league of players being expendable and essentially assets, which as soon as they don't deliver anymore, you just get rid of them and try to find the next one. Um, I think, and and Kyle and Shaw and and uh, and John have been very clear about this. Their entire the entire time that they they've been with us is that they love Jimmy and they love the guy and they love the competitor and they love him as a as a person as well as a player. And and he's repaid that to us by you know taking us to a Super Bowl and a very deep playoff run that was very close to go to another Super Bowl. So I I just love the fact that. Instead of because we could have cut him a, a million times, and I think probably 80% or 90% of the teams would have done that cut him, get your losses, and then move on and, and just carry on doing what you do. Um, but I, I think this new approach is taking the media a little bit by surprise, and nobody can uh, wrap their heads around it. And I think it's just simple we don't want him to go anywhere else, uh, especially within division. And he's been good to us. And if we can work something uh, something out money-wise that doesn't hurt us, helps him, and also might actually save our season, the worst will happen. And I'm not talking about Trey playing bad because I don't think that will get him benched, but a big injury. Uh, it could, again, take us to the playoff and have us a, a Knicks fall, you know, kind of Eagles beating the Patriots um, type of story. And how amazing would that be? And I just love that about about our franchise. I don't think there's that many in, in the league that would have done it. And uh, I'm really I'm looking forward to. Uh, and I th- I hope and I think he will be a good teammate and help Trey. And I think um, this whole competitive and I want to play and I want to be the blah blah blah. It's kind of it's there obviously. And if he gets a job somewhere else, he will go. But. Um, I, I, I don't see the noise of, oh, this is a problem for Kyle and it's a problem for Trey. And now he's got people looking at the back of his shoulder and all that. I think it's a little more genuine than that, a little more, you know, friendly than that. And uh, and yeah, I'm I'm happy that he's here. I think he's the best backup we could ever think. And, and we've got him. So why not? I mean, he, he does get paid a lot of money. <laughs> and remember, last time he was a backup quarterback. How, how did that work yeah. out, Jen? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Lee, some thoughts? So I think Paul's going to be a little bit surprised. I actually had three QBs down. Granted, one of them wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo, but I did <laughs> have three QBs Yeah, that's down. what I meant. You didn't have ten, but yeah, you did have three. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I I had the uh, if we're going to use the death chart as an example, Trey Lance and then Brock Purdy as the number two with Nate Sudfeld as a number three. I, I just felt as though if they're going to keep Brock Purdy, they were going to have to keep a third quarterback because you're not going to have a rookie yeah. as your uh, backup quarterback no. when, when essentially you're starting quarterback is effectively a rookie quarterback. Um, I've said it all pretty much all year now that Jimmy Garoppolo was never going to be on this roster on the same contract that he was on. Yep. Um, I said the only reason, the only way he could possibly stay on the team is to have it restructured in this sort of scenario where he was going to be a backup. But I also did turn on Seth. I'd never think that would happen. Because at the time, we, we spoke about this very early on in the year. It was after it was after the NFC Championship game in the run-up to uh, free agency and uh, the draft. And at the time, I thought there was a lot of teams that could have used Jimmy. But yeah. as, as time's gone on, to me, it's just made a lot more sense that they'd want to keep him around if, if he reduced his contract. And obviously, that market dried up for Jimmy. Jimmy's got nowhere yeah. to go. So it makes sense for Jimmy to think, well, actually, you know what? I'm probably going to make more here as a backup than anywhere else. And if I get my opportunity again, I could potentially win back that starting job. So that I think that's what his mindset is. I think he's a, a complete professional, um, very much like Alex Smith was when he yep. was going through exactly the same thing. Will it be a distraction? I don't think it will because he's no. a professional. Um, I mean, Alex Smith... I thought he did well with Colin Kaepernick. He, he, he took it on the chin. Um, he took him to one. He, he took him to the side every time he uh, did something wrong on the field. And he said, "Look, have a look at this. Do it this way." Um, he was always helping them, always helping them, mentoring him correctly. And I can't see Jimmy doing anything other than that. So, yeah. as things stand, I, I think we've probably got one of the best QB pairings in the league as a one yeah. and a two. I agree. Absolutely. It, it certainly surprised me. And I think obviously this has all worked on the fact that Jimmy has been prepared to to swallow that uh, a hefty pay cut and, and fair play to him for doing so. He did talk about people saying, well, oh, it's bruised your ego. And he sort of said, you, you can't really get let your ego get in the way in this division because it'll, it'll you'll end up getting found out. So uh, huge respect for him for doing for for doing that for for realizing that it's probably the best for everybody. I think it is a good move, uh, and I think it was a good move. People have criticised the fact. Well, if you're going to keep Jimmy, why didn't he join in with practice? I think yeah. it was very important through that whole practice period that Jimmy wasn't there because it provided that space for everyone and Trey Lance to grow into that idea of being QB1. And that's kind of why I framed it as though he was a new signing, because if he had come from another team, everyone would be saying, what a, what a great signing to back up our, our young quarterback. It's only that there's this, this baggage, which I was initially worried about but I think him, the fact that he was away with the injury and the fact that he rehabbed away it provided that space for everyone to realise the team's moved on Trey Lance was the one who was who was doing all of the, the work with the practice squad he was the one who's travelled with the teams for the joint practices with the Vikings he's the one who's been there on the sidelines and, and Jimmy, he hasn't had the shadow of Jimmy around him at that time and I, I'm I'm confident there's enough leaders on the team and the way that Jimmy um, conducts himself and the fact that him and Trey can clearly have a have a professional relationship uh, I don't imagine it's going to cause as much problem as if um, Jimmy had just been relegated to QB2 and had been with the practice squad and hadn't been recovering from that injury so uh, yeah it's still still a bit left field it was still a little bit odd seeing him do his press conference with the uh, uh, with the smile and, and seeing him behind the uh, uh, mic, um, something that I didn't think we were going to see again. Um, but yeah, I think I think you've said we we've, we've got a great QB one, great QB two. It's good insurance, and he's got such a good contract now. We have so much leverage. If a QB one goes down somewhere in the league for a promising team, they can come and say, oh, you know, we, we we'd like to speak to Jimmy, and we can immediately say, well, what are you offering in draft picks? Third well, we can't we can't trade him. We can trade him. We, we can. There's a no trade clause, but that's just so that they can agree where he goes. Yeah. And to be honest, right. if, if Jimmy gets yeah. the chance to go, Jimmy's going to go. Because yeah. I, 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 I disagree with Garris's premise that Jimmy swallowed a pay cut. In my mind, Jimmy didn't. Jimmy secured a pay rise on what he was going to yeah. get, yeah. which was nothing. Yeah. 
Nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's what that's the way to see it, isn't it? He was going to get cut at the, you know, at the worst. Now he's getting six and a half million dollars. So, so that's yeah. We can't trade him without his say so, but also yeah, that's, yeah. we don't have to trade him. We we can be happy with whatever trade compensation is being offered before Absolutely. allowing teams to speak to Jimmy. And that suddenly we've gone from no leverage where I thought we'd have to cut him to suddenly having all of the leverage because he's got a deal that would work for, I think, for a lot of teams who might find that they need a quarterback come the end of October. See. What I liked as well, Gareth, obviously the social media side of me, when Jimmy walked out to practice with Kittle and he was like, missed you fearful, cheeky grin. And anyone on Twitter who's following that dear woman, Rita, who's been drawing a picture every day for what seems like 300 (laughs) days, she hit the nail on the head with the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm back, baby. That that was awesome. So I'm not sure how she's going to feel having to keep drawing a picture for another year, Lee, but... uh, yeah, he's back on the roster. It's divided the fan base. The good news for those of us who've got 10 jerseys, you can put them back <laughs> yeah. in rotation. And uh, we might see a few of them at Leeds. Yeah, probably anyway, yeah. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and, and Mr. Irrelevant has become really quite relevant with Purdy making the 53. I I really like him. I, d- I don't know why. I kind of... He's my new crush and the, the newest crush. I, I don't know. I have a feeling he's... He's not going to be a backup for very long. I, I don't know. There's something about him that reminds me a little bit of Baker Mayfield when he was at college, not so much, you know, with the Browns. But he just, fight, I don't know, there's a fight in him and I really like it. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Anyone else for Purdy? Yeah, I mean, that echo what Nachi says. To me, there's just something, he looks special. He does. Yeah, he does. He really does. He, he moved yeah. a lot better than what I was expecting him to move mm. during the preseason games. Um, his accuracy was good. Long ball was good. And, um, yeah, I think the reason we've kept a rookie on the, uh, the the 53 is because if we'd cut him, that's it. Something he he was gone yeah. without yeah, a shadow sure. of doubt. Well, I think it's right. he, was a, he was a four-year starter at college. Yeah, yeah so, it was, yeah. So he, and, you know, he kind of looked like he was comfortable and experienced. In, yeah. I saw season games. I was going to ask Nadji, what college did Purdy go to? Iowa. The reason I'm asking is Nick Ludlam, uh, his QB, his flag team, is a big fan of the college that Purdy went to. And he's dying dying to buy a Purdy jersey. I think he's a Patriots fan. But now we've got Purdy on the roster. There might be another one to add to the 49er Fairful UK. So I didn't want to get the college wrong, Nadji. And I I knew you'd know. So thanks for that, buddy. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. The roster is set, but we have. Sorry, I'm kind of. Is it Iowa State? I can't. I'm. I'm doubting myself now. I don't want to get it wrong. I can't remember. I think it's Iowa. I think it is Iowa. Whoever Kittle didn't play for, isn't it? Yeah. And Kittle comes from state, so. There you go. Sorry, Gareth. A bit of college football. I'm I'm, I'm used to it, and uh, uh, you know I'll have to get used to it even more, I suppose. (laughs) No, it is state. It is state. It's come from Iowa State, (laughs) and 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 Georgia's from Iowa. Oh God, these these colleges. So the uh, (laughs) the roster is set, but we've also been signing players to the practice squad. Uh, Nadji's going to take us through what it is and how it works. Um. It's funny because it sounds simple and it actually isn't. Uh, so the practice squad is obviously uh, a team of players that are allowed to train other facilities. So they're allowed to use the weight room uh, and and all the media room and all the you know all the film room and all that kind of stuff. But their job is to primarily uh, learn next week's op- opponent system, so uh, our team can practice against that system. Um, it's very, very difficult because you have to learn a new, basically a new uh, toned down version of a playbook every week, um, apart from the bye week, of course. And you have to try and execute against, uh, you know, the ones. Uh, and, and obviously, if you're on the practice squad, you're usually not A1 because you've been cut and you're not good enough to be on, on a football team. But that's essentially their role, um, which actually tells you a lot more about why you would sign certain players to your practice squad because you might have that speedster on that you're going to play twice a year 
uh, I don't know, I can think of somebody like Tyreek Hill. So maybe you'll try and find somebody that's kind of like him to start on the practice squad so you can practice against that kind of player. Same goes for all line, D line, and every position. You try and maybe match their best player you're going to play uh, in, in the next week coming. So you have some kind of repetition against a same type body, speed, and, and weight kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, essentially, that's that's their job. They learn the playbook, practice against the ones and the twos uh, for uh, you know a couple of days, and then touch, touch that playbook away, and then learn a new one for the week after. Uh, so now it's 16 player. It used to be a, a lot less than now. Um, so obviously it's not just those 16 players I would play against ones and twos because you need 22. Uh, but yeah, essentially that that's that's what they do. They get paid a, a lot less money than. If they were on the 53, and it's a way for people to, you know, play football all year long and pay their bills and live their dreams of playing football and maybe make an impact, um, because it, it also is the pool of player we will first uh, pick if we need somebody on game day. If there's an injury the day before or during a week, uh, we'll probably pick a player from there. Uh, so it's case of, you know, showing what you can do, but also being useful to the team. Uh, and and try and make you know splash the play and, and and make the team better by you being good, being seen and potentially get activated to the roster. That's that's what it is. Lovely. I think we've uh, all learned something a, li- a little bit from that. Um, so we ramp up to the big opening weekend with the watch party in Leeds. What more news and info can you share, Paul? So the venue has been announced, Gareth. So it's at the Box Sports Bar on Trinity Street. I think it's 15 Trinity Street. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nick Clark has assured us 450 capacity. He, there's a Facebook page. Um, on the 49ers Facebook page, there's an event. And Nick Clark is asking if people on Facebook can go on and click that they're going on there. But there isn't a ticket available as such. You literally turn up on the day and it's 450 capacity. The doors open at half past four. The 49ers website put an article out, Gareth, which was pretty impressive, which listed they've got Sourdough Sam coming, there's Alumai coming, there's Gridiron Magazine. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Every TV in the venue is going to be pumped in with the Bears 49ers game. So like Lee said better than me, don't panic, everyone. The Patriots-Dolphins game being on Sky (laughs) has no impact on the broadcast of the game. And it's going to be awesome. I checked before Lee and I think there was 125 people confirmed going on the Facebook page I know of at least 25 people on Twitter who have DM'd me on the 49er Faithful UK account so by all accounts at the moment there's going to be about 150 people there Gareth it's going to be wow. if you're in and around the area Bears fans are coming as well um, I've just found out the New York Jets are having a meet up in Leeds the Vikings are having a meet up in Leeds so it sounds as if opening weekend, Gareth, Leeds is the place to be if you're an NFL fan. Anything I've missed, Lee? I'm, I'm thinking I've covered everything, but please feel free to jump in. No, you've pretty much covered everything there. Yeah, um, did, did you talk about the giveaways? Yeah, I well, mean... Yeah, at the end thought... of each quarter, there's going to be some giveaways, but we don't know what those giveaways are, so there'll be like raffle prizes. Um, there'll be the sounds piped in from the stadium at Levi's so you can hear what's going on there, that, that, that type of experience. Um, Gridiron are going to be there to actually MC the the event. Um, so Ollie Connolly is going to do that. Um, the other team's fans are going to be there. It's going to be interesting because the Vikings have their meet at the same place as us. And obviously the Vikings are rivals to the Bears. So there's a good chance that... Uh, both of the Vikings fans that turn up will be cheering for the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, nice. But yeah, it, it's it's an official 49ers-led event, Gareth. So as much as it's the 49er Faithful UK meetup, it is the 49ers that are behind it. I make no apologies. We will be promoting it heavily on social media over the next week. Nick Clark has given us the go-ahead to do that. Just want to say, Lee, what an awesome guy Nick Clark is. I mean, me and yourself have been working behind the scenes, but obviously he looked after you and Nadji in Vegas. I believe he's joining us at the Watch Party in Leeds, which is going to be awesome. And I just feel quite humbled and proud that our community, our group, has got this opportunity and the social media's been crazy. I mean, I was in the Lake District last week and we got the go-ahead to release the venue. So I was like, Tracy, there's no way I'm having phone-free weeks. So the messages have been coming in thick and fast. 
There's a lot of new faces coming, Gareth, which is going to be great to see. There's a lot of the regular crowd. And I believe, Lee, you may want to put away that credit card because the bill for Fireball, I don't think you'll be buying around for everyone that's coming Yeah, there. Yeah, I think I'll give it a miss this meetup. <laughs> Probably a wise move. And I am yeah. forward to actually meeting Nadji in person. And yeah, it's true. Gonna yeah. Be, yeah, it's going to be really surreal because we've done this pod for so long and you've been a big part yeah. of the group, Nadji, to actually meet up in person. And we were saying off air, it is a shame you can't make it, Gareth. It would have been awesome yes. to have the awesome foursome. Yeah, live leads, but I appreciate the work commitment. So, sorry, yeah, the, buddy. The, the game day threads are just too good to miss with, you know. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> this sort of nonsense, so. Yeah, well, you know, I hope everybody uh, does have a, a, a great time. Um, it's It sounds like it's it's something that uh, you're not going to want to miss. Um Speaking from personal experience, it's definitely not something I wanted to miss. But there we are. There we are. Uh, so we'll wrap up a little bit with uh, thanks to everyone who listens to the show, especially the new listeners. Uh, if you have come to the podcast recently, we'll be doing two shows per week during the season, a game preview and then uh, a game review show, which will will potentially, if last season's roller coaster is anything to go by, um, switch between uh, joyous euphoria um, and, and doom laden um, rants. Therapy sessions, therapy uh, sessions uh, we call them. <laughs> Therapy session. Uh, we did also over the summer on the Facebook group promise that we would try and provide some greater insight into some of the technicalities of the game for uh, any listeners who are new to following the NFL and the 49ers. Um, we didn't do a particularly good job of that over the summer. So what we've decided to do is that we're going to use real game situations from the, the game review shows and actually try and expand on a few things that you might have seen go down in the game. We just found it was too difficult to explain some of these technicalities without uh, an actual live example to refer you to so we haven't forgotten because there was quite a few good questions there and it seemed something that a lot of the newer fans were going to find quite useful so yeah we haven't forgotten you but we have decided we're going to do it throughout the season where we can find some really good examples uh, of actual gameplay and hopefully uh, expand on what you're seeing and what's happening and, and why it's happened um, that is the plan anyway um, and before then we do of course next week we'll be back for the bumper season preview show including all our podcast panelists bold predictions for the season ahead uh, personally i can't wait to see <laughs> what you guys are going to come with uh, this year i think last year we ended up with almost 50 odd predictions and got almost 15 16 <laughs> right so some later something like that but uh um certainly that's something i look forward to that you know the season's close when we start uh throwing out the bold predictions just want to say gareth before mm. you finish off let's talk sports we'll be drawing the competition winner live in when we're in leeds he's going to do a show he's going to do it live and he's going to text me the results so obviously hopefully the winner is in leeds we'll be able to celebrate but it's just a final plug that this is the last week of the warmack jersey competition so download a recent episode of our podcast subscribe to let's talk sports and dan will enter you into the competition to win a warmack jersey and that will be drawn next sunday fantastic so don't forget to like and subscribe and you can find our youtube channel by searching for 49 a faithful uk we hope we'll be adding more content this evening uh this this evening this season possibly starting with the watch party but until then go niners go niners, go niners. Bang bang nana gang. San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick were all students. If Bill Walsh, don't ever forget.